0: What's up, everybody? This is Tanner from BaseballFan.com. It is uh, coming close on about 4 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, on uh, Jose Canseco Day, three three March third. That's his. Uh, that's his jersey number. Um, so I've, I actually just got an email in by somebody by the name of Travis. So shout out to you there, Travis. Um, he asked a very good question that I've been receiving quite a bit of recently. So I figured I would address it in a podcast. Um, just, I don't know how long this is going to take, just probably several minutes. But um, ultimately, the the main question that Travis and these other people have been asking is, I have allotted myself a certain amount of money on the hobby each week. And uh, so in Travis's uh, case, he says 20 to $25. And he wants to know what I think he should spend his money on. So there are a lot of guys out there that will probably say, oh, go for the... You know, 2018 update Acuño, or or buy the low number of trout short prints or something. I I'm not going to go that way. So for me personally, I like to think of this as a hobby, not just as like an investment. I think you can use it as an investment tool, but um, and that gets real muddy if you kind of cross the two lines, which I do frequently. I live in the area where those two lines cross. Uh, but here's my, here's my thought, and here's what my suggestion would be for Travis, for everybody else that's uh, asked this question to me over the past couple months, and to everybody out there listening that might have this question. Um, so my first thought when it comes to what needs to be, uh, you know, what you should spend your money on in the hobby is to, first of all, find your collecting voice. And I talked to somebody about this on Facebook recently as well. Yeah, because, you you know, what is finding your collecting voice? Well, uh, it's taken me years, I think, to to get to this place myself. Where I personally, I just, you know, I, I basically went from being a collector. I came back in the hobby about 2005 or six or something like that. Uh, finding out about game use cards and autograph cards and all this. But the game use cards in particular, I was hyped about those things, guys. Like, I couldn't stop buying them. I ended up buying everything and anything I could at $3 a pop or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so ultimately I had like boatloads of these use cards with these little tiny bat pieces that meant nothing or swatches in these common players whatever I was thinking, huh? This doesn't mean anything to me. It was exciting for a while, but now I just have like a thousand game use cards of no name players. Why do I have this? Uh so I end up selling out those. Um same thing with complete sets from the eighties. You know, I, I loaded up on those and I was like, ah, you know, I'm not really that big into you know, I don't care about having the entire set of these uh, you know, kind of just sitting in my closet. So I sold those. And then I basically morphed into being like a pseudo dealer where I didn't really keep anything. Nothing really excited me. I'd have like a 93 SP Jeter, uh, an autographed Albert Pujols baseball. Uh, I'd have wax. I would just, and I basically just sell everything. Um, And so for me, the thrill was the hunt and the deal, like selling them, making a profit, that sort of thing. So eventually I ended up being, you know, getting a point where I'm like, I don't really care about any of this stuff like i love cards i love being in cards but i don't love keeping so like the Nither spg eater i found like for a buck or something like that at a garage sale and uh, i displayed it on my desk for a while you know i, I sure did but you know i ended up selling it because it wasn't something that i was excited about keeping um so it wasn't until i got into uh canseco cards exclusively that got me like white hot passionate about cardboard And so at that point, I realized that I found uh, my collecting voice. I found something that really, really excited me. And I put all of my focus on that. And so eventually that changed for me, as it surely will for you at some point down the road as well, uh, into doing vintage and only specific Canseco cards. And, uh, you know, of course, other things as well that, that are outside of baseball cards, comic books, Transformers, so on and so forth. Um, so the main thing is to find your collecting voice, because if you don't have, if you don't find your collecting voice and you're just endlessly you know, or aimlessly spending money, it's you're not going to get a return on your investment from an enjoyment perspective. Uh, when it comes to purchasing baseball cards, you can, you can blow your 20, $25 a week allowance on, you know, unopened wax from Walmart or target. And, you know, you might, get lucky and and hit something pretty cool every now and then. Or you might not. And then you're just kind of stuck with a pile of cards that you spent 20, 25 bucks with every single week in your closet that are meaningless to you. Uh, That's not what I want for any of you all out there listening. Uh, What I want for you all is whenever you spend money in the hobby, I want you all to be super excited about what's coming in. Uh, to your mailbox and super excited about what you can display on your desk or put in your box or in your binder or however you put this. So, um, you know, there is definitely a lot of passion that can be had in this hobby. And again, find your collecting voice. So the question, next question is this, how do you find your collecting voice? Um, For me, what I've realized is it's mainly really just kind of It's the fun part. It's dreaming. It's sitting down and thinking, you know, what if, you know, so dream big as well. That's, there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. And, and then you might find derivatives of, of this big dream that might excite you as well. That's like, that are smaller, you know, smaller time goals. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So go on eBay, look on eBay, what's for sale, go to the forums like blowout or Facebook groups and see what other people are posting. And look at pictures, see what people um are posting, and see if there's some anything that really speaks to you or really anything that sings to you. Uh there are some cards where I'll look at and I've I've talked about over the past several months, like the uh the E90-2 Wagner, the Honest Wagner that I call the Candy Wagner that looks like the T206 but with the blue background. That one, when I saw it, my jaw dropped. Uh, that is definitely my collecting voice right there is is something that I look at and I go oh my gosh and I've had this card for oh I don't know I mean I'm, I guess maybe a year or more now and I still can't stop looking at it that is exactly what I want in my collection it doesn't have to be uh you know super expensive honest Wagner card it could be a refractor or it could be a short print of something or uh, you know, it could be a a $5 card or $10 card. There are plenty of five and $10 cards I have that I just love to death. And I would never get rid of, uh, unless I realized I could, you know, get it back uh, pretty quickly (laughs) right after. Um, so, you know, that's the main thing is, is, you know, find your collecting voice and that's how you find your collecting voice. You, you get in there and you look online and see what's out there. And so when you see what's out there, You'll start to formulate something in your head of what you want to do, what direction you want to take this collection for yourself, Uh, the hobby, where you want the hobby to be for you. So maybe that's team collecting, or maybe that's team game used collecting, or maybe that's team autograph collecting, or a certain player, or people uh, that are only in your, uh, you know, from your hometown, or maybe it's uh, TTM, which is through the mail autographs. I don't know. I mean, there's so many different collecting possibilities. Maybe it's even like pre-war left-handed pitchers. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's so many ways you can do it. And it's really fun because you can make this your own. You can make this your own so easily and, and it becomes your own hobby. It's not something that everybody else says, hey, you know, look, you've got to get into Trout or Griffey or, uh, or Babe Ruth or whatever. That's not the case. You know, you, I know some guys that they love collecting like Ron Gantt or Tino Martinez or you know players from their hometown in Ohio or something that you've never really even heard of uh even old judge cards of you know just Louisville players or something you know just or 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 guys with like strange uh nicknames there's actually one guy I I hope I get I hope I get the right guy. I think his name's Brian. Um he he super collects a guy named Wonderful Terrific Mons. He was some player that was in the like had a handful of baseball cards from like the early nineties to mid nineties or something. I don't know anything about this player, guys. Like I think he played for a few years, I think, and then just kind of fell off the map. Again, I think I just don't know. But that's his little his little uh, collecting niche, which is so cool. It's so cool to be able to have these little things, even being able to collect nothing but like uh, maybe uh, obscure minor league rookies. Like instead of the 82 tops uh, ripken, you go after the 81 minor league ripken. Uh, you know, I mean, there's just so many little things that you could do. So so just uh, you know, take your time and take your time and, and look and see what really excites you, what gets you super amped in this hobby. Uh, I can almost guarantee you, you will find it eventually. It might just take a while. Um, And the more, like for me personally, the more I research things like, for instance, uh, 19th century baseball, the more I fall in love with it. So it kind of uh, pulls me down further and further into this rabbit hole of, uh, of 19th century baseball, which is uh, fun and plus you can further your knowledge and you can you know educate other people about uh, about the certain niche that you're collecting and, and plus on top of that it's it's really something that's kind of fun to be able to share it with other people uh, whenever you have uh, a mission a mission to collect a certain kind of thing you can share that online and the online community uh, many times will uh, will uh, respond warmly to that as well, which is fun. So, uh, you know, so find your collecting voice. That's number one. Number two, buy right. So what I mean by buying right is make sure that you are not overpaying for cards. There's plenty of people that are willing to take a lot more money than, you know, what they should when it comes to certain cards. That's just kind of part of this, unfortunately. So you do have to be an informed buyer. Uh, and I don't know why, but there's still a lot of people out there that they say, well, Hmm, this card here on ebay is going for you know a hundred dollars and when they say it's going for a hundred dollars what they really mean is there is somebody on ebay that's put the card for sale for a hundred dollars uh never mind the fact that the sales data shows that that card has been selling consistently for twenty dollars you know so uh but the question is you know how do you find out the pricing um And so, uh, I believe there are a couple videos, couple tools. I'm going to hop on YouTube on my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash tanman baseball fan. Um, you click on videos and there, uh, let's see. Right now, I think it looks like they, if you go down, oh, a number of them, like just keep looking through some of the videos. There's, there are a couple videos I did that show you how you can look up accurate pricing on cards like what you should be uh, well what you should be able to pay for certain cards um, armed with that information that will help you tremendously as far as uh, buying things at the right price and so obviously you want to try to be a, pla- a place where you spend a little bit less than what the going rate is if it's available if it's possible uh, for certain cards that means that requires you being very patient, of course, of many times. So that way, if you do make a purchase and you realize, ah, eh, this early isn't for me, you can turn around, and sell it, and make at least your money back, and maybe put a couple dollars in your pocket. So, anyways, that's all I have for you guys today. I think I'm, me let, let kind of go through this in my head, one more time. I think uh, mainly find your collecting voice and make sure you research uh, the prices. Um, those are the main things. So, and maybe I, I'll add to that. You know, have like a long term goal perhaps as well. So you know, you maybe maybe even write a mission statement of what your hobby is <laughs> if you want to get that far into it. Um, you know, some people take this hobby seriously, very seriously. I, you know, like me personally, I mean, I dream about this stuff. I love this stuff to death. So, um, anyways, you know, when you start to really look at it and and you know have a vision of where you want this hobby to go for you, uh, you can really then start to build something magnificent. Um, but it takes aim. It really takes aim first in defining what you want. So anyways, uh, that's all I have for you today. Um, thank you all for listening. I hope y'all have a fantastic rest of the evening.